As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, this is Craig Custance of the Athletics NHL team. I don't know what my title or responsibilities are anymore, or else I would give it to you right there. And I'm joined by Sean Gentili. Also part of our NHL group, and we are excited to launch today the first ever, I'm assuming, I don't know if this is first ever for sure, Tuesday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show, unofficially the American version, because we read your reviews at The Athletic, we listen to subscriber and listener feedback, and boy, let me tell you, do I agree with this point of view. The Athletic Hockey Show, until today, Sean, has been much too Canadian. Much, oh, way too Canadian, I would say. You can say that about so many things. <laughs> the Canadian the Canadian dominance over pop culture and sports must end. It must end. <laughs> That's right. We, 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 need a strong, we need stronger American voices across the board. That's where we come in. I know. Seriously, it's, it's about time we get some Americans in media. So... And look, you may think this is just uh, us trying to crash the party and Ian Mendez and Sean McIndoo and Haley Salvian and Scott and Pierre, they all do, they do a great job with the Athletic Hockey Show. But if we were to check passports, a lot of Canadian passports, that's all, and, you know, and, not, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's heavy in it. And so as we review, and, I've, and I've, this is, you think we're making this up, I've got some actual reviews and feedback from listeners um, and, and this is this is all true. And this, this was not me and Sean, although maybe one of them was. Uh, this is a review. The Monday show has a lot of potential, but suffers from a Canadian bias that too frequently takes the show into some bizarre dead ends, <laughs> uh, like Josh Norris and Jack Eichel. Twenty minutes on Sam Bennett, which we can do twenty minutes on Sam Bennett now, which is which we might actually. A discussion about what, whether Vancouver's three to two win over the Leafs is the most memorable moment of the twenty twenty one season. I mean. 
Come on. Did we really say that? I would like to note that my dad is one of seven, so some of these reviews may have been left by aunts and uncles of mine. When they start <laughs> when they start when they start demanding for Sean Gentilly to to, to be more uh, intimately involved with the podcast process, I know that sounds a little suspicious, but yeah, that's that's where we are. All right, this next one says, this podcast is for hockey fans in Canada, which is not true. It's for everybody. We, um, but this is the review. About 80% dedicated to those seven teams and their national team. Did he even talk about Hockey Canada too much? Oh, gosh, just so you guys wait. Which is fine, but this isn't TSN. It's not. I expected better from the other. <laughs> oh, my God. We get, we, we got the, we, we've got the, the disappointed mom vote cornered here. Oh. <sighs> Gosh, that's I'm not amazing. mad. I'm just disappointed. Oh my gosh! With a, this is review number three. Then we'll stop. And you guys, I'm sure at this point, get the point. With a writer covering every NHL team, why does every podcast here? Uh, and I'll, I'm sure he's excluding the full sixty. Why does every podcast here seem like a retread of any, any other podcast coming out of Toronto? Ah, oh, so true. Five minutes covering a league-wide topic, followed by 55 minutes of the North Division coverage. Add nauseum we're, we're we're about to get a bunch of people who are really frustrated with an overemphasis on the pittsburgh penguins and detroit red wings that's 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 just gonna naturally happen in like and in defense you know not not that they needed of all those of all those great colleagues of ours yes. you can't yeah like running, can't, running down our colleagues I mean, in the initial you can't help here. it like at like if you live in if you live in toronto or you live in calgary or you live in vancouver you're right in the middle of it. You can't avoid, you know, the the environment that you that that you come out of. It's 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 Canada heavy. What's important is to have a counterbalance, and that's what this is. That it's very important. All right, this last one. Um, I'm just reading it here, uh, word for word. <laughs> I, enough, Ian Mendez, everybody. What I need is Sean Gentili. <laughs> Way more Sean Gentili and Craig Custance. Uncle with the Ian Mendez. Holy cow. If and, I have to listen to... E- and no, don't, and don't even true. get me started on Scott Burnside. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So welcome. This is this is the Tuesday show of The Athletic. That, that last one was obviously fake. Ian is a pro. He's at, like, he would never do this. He's the nicest guy in the world. He would probably say, oh, I, I take this feedback seriously and then do an entire podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks because Ian's the best. Not us. We are not above running colleagues down to get our own episode of the Athletic uh, Hockey Podcast. I do want to say real quick, Craig and I did a possibly the first, one of the first NHL podcasts in, in in history, like like a million years ago. That's true. At a at a, pl- at a place we used to work, and this is directly in line with the vibes he had back then, which was making a joke and then apologizing for it over and over. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I didn't honestly. I did not He's, want people to think I, Ian Mendes is getting gonna, ripped I'm, in the comments. I mean, this is this is not a joke. Craig is Craig is is maybe the nicest person I've I've ever met in my life. I've known him for you know twelve years now, or or however long it's been. My only complaint is is, is you got to let the jokes breathe. Everyone everyone knows you were kidding. You don't have to apologize. You're not you're so? not Canadian, dude. You're not polite like that. It's <laughs> fine. Sorry, uh, you could like. I'm almost. I feel like I'm almost like an American Ian Mendez in how nice and thoughtful <laughs> I am. You could say, you completely, could say. completely. Agree. <laughs> many, many are calling you the American Ian Mendez. <laughs> so we've got. There's so much to cover on the show. I, I don't know how much time they're giving us. We probably already blow. They're probably like the Americans get like ten minutes because that's how it is. 
But um, <laughs> that, we've got so I don't much know, I don't know what the exchange rate is on on, on podcast <laughs> times. Yeah. But we've got um, this is a, we got a great show. Um, the, I mean, the start of the show, we sat there and said, "Okay, we'd like to, uh, we're going to have a guest every week," um, and we're like, "We want a good American." Like, who says America best um, besides us, of course? Mm-hmm. And and we said, you know what? The winningest goalie in NHL, American goalie in NHL history, Ryan Miller, just retired. Um, had one of the greatest runs in American Olympic history. Who knows how it ended? We can't say for sure, but. Um, we wanted to celebrate his career, get him on here, talk about what's next. So we've got Ryan Miller, who is awesome. Um, we even talked about you know the ESPN deal and whether or not he'd be interested in going into media. Uh, it, it's it's such a great interview. And I'll, what, what I liked about it, Sean, um, he's like Ryan. If if you've listened to him in interviews, he's very like analytical and I don't want to say dry because he's not dry, but he's just thoughtful. And, and he even made a joke. He's like, yeah, TV is looking for somebody who gives long drawn out answers um he, he's their man but he's i like because he thinks it through and he answers the questions and he's honest like it, 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 he was great he's he's a he's a really smart guy he's, he's certainly certainly much smarter than i am you can tell you can tell by his answers compared to the questions right but yeah i i thought i thought the stuff he said about the espn deal was was, was particularly interesting like i am i i think whatever whatever happens for him next and, and he talked about you know his his plans moving forward and what he wants to do and what what the immediate future holds for him. I mean, I, I think I, th- I think he's he, he's going to be good at you know whatever whatever route he takes. But yeah, it was uh, it was it was interesting stuff from the standard bearer for American goaltenders, which I think is what Eric Stevens called him in a in a really good career, yeah. career re- retrospective piece. There was there was nobody better to start this out with, and I'm I'm glad I'm, I'm glad he gave us the time. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's jump into a little bit of last night's action. And I don't know, because this, you know, I, I want this pod. I don't want it to be too looking back. But um, the Bruins come back and tie that series up. We've, Carolina, you know, Nashville played it tight for a little bit. But Carolina is is so good uh, in Colorado. Like, what I liked about last night's games, Sean, is I thought Colorado and Carolina established themselves early on. Like, everyone's talking about their fa- them as favorites. They were, you know, tier one in, in my annual Stanley, Stanley Cup tiers. They, like, it, and you come out and you make a statement in game one. And, and like, that Colorado-St. Louis game could have been, like, Jordan Binnington was good. Like, th- that could have been way more. Um, I, I thought it was a pretty big statement by those two contenders. I think for Colorado, that was a great illustration of the process for them. Like, the, the result... Mm-hmm wasn't I mean yes they won it was closer than it should have been or could have been or would have been under most circumstances but I think if you haven't seen them that much and that's that's definitely true for a lot of us not on national tv all that often right and when they are it's you know as part of is the second leg of a double header usually it's tough to stay up till 10 o'clock for, for for a lot of people as I'm as I'm figuring out as I rapidly approach middle age <laughs> um well. they're a blast they're a machine. Me and Dom, oh me and me and me and Dom gave him the gave him the robot emoji on the on, on our weekly power rankings for for a reason. And I think that game last night was a pretty good illustration of that. And yeah, the the the, the goals the the goals weren't quite there, and they and they came a little bit later than they would have liked. But that's a that's a powerhouse, dude. And I and I think and I think yeah, I, I think it was a good it was a good. Um, you can say the same about, about Carolina, right? Like yeah. they're. They're procedurally such a such a solid team, and I I, th- I think they showed that in, in in the Nashville game, which I actually watched. Of those three games last night, that was the one I watched the most of. Like that's that's the one, especially in the middle there, 
um, that that, that, that kind of held my held my attention for for, for longest, which I was I was kind of surprised by. I've always I've always felt and, and I've said this like the toughest series for the the consensus contender is always that first round, mm-hmm. right? It's I think there's so much pressure, especially if you have. Um, and I, I don't. I wouldn't say either of these teams necessarily qualify for that. But if you have this history of losing, like if you're Tampa last year right. and you you know you're coming off that Columbus series and like the, all of a sudden there's all this pressure on, or, or if you're Colorado a little bit, if if it's like okay, you've been kind of coron, what is it coronated? Is that the word? Coronated. I'm looking, when you're like crowned, That's fair. Uh, yeah, like the, you know they've been crowned the favorite. Um, at least here in the states, I don't know anyone in Canada saying about those teams up there. But Colorado is far like that's that's the favorite. Even though I I, I picked Vegas, I, like so they have to you have to get out of this first round. You don't want to give the the other team any like hope. And I just feel like they both teams effectively did that. They smothered especially them. especially if you're the Blues, right? Like I mean, jo- yeah. Jordan Bennington was was great and credit to him there. But I, I mean, ugh, I I think I I think. That that in a way was the worst way for them to, for them to lose. If it, if you're St. Louis, is is where you get lucky, you get the potential stolen game from the goaltender that everybody looks for in these in these in these kind of lopsided matchups, and and it's still the results still didn't go their way. So that that is that's a if, it, if you're St. Louis, that's a pretty backbreaking loss. And if, and, and if you're Colorado, you you said great, we came away with the win. You know the the finishing wasn't there, but but the process was was exactly where it needed to be. Yeah. Um, the Bruins get on the board. Huge win in overtime. Both of those games have been awesome. Uh, it's like when, going into that series, it was, hey, these two big body teams, it's going to get physical. It's it's everything you'd expect in, in that series. And it, it's funny. You watch, it, you know, you, you can talk about all these great new players and, and you know, we're, high, we're excited about the youth and everything in hockey. And, of course, it's like it's Brad Marchand scoring. Like, it's it's the same cast of characters who step up in these moments. Um, you know, huge win for the Bruins. I, I like them to to come out of that series. Um, you know, it's two really good teams, but I, I was definitely sweating it. Like I'm like, you can't drop the first two games in in, in rally, even if the first two games are close. And also, part of it was was the Marchand line wasn't playing. Whatever. I'm calling it the Marchand line. Like it's uh, yeah, that's like right. It's, that's right. Fine. The Ber- the Bergeron Marchand Pasternak line was was not. It wasn't. It wasn't clicking, right? Not, mm. not, not like we become accustomed to. And then, what what happens at the end? It's it, it's Marshawn scoring the backbreaker, right? So, yeah, I, I think um, I think that's a bullet dodged <laughs> by Boston. Yeah, you, yeah. you don't want to go t- down two zero to the Caps. You don't want all these sort of uh, what's going on questions to start to start circulating about Craig Anderson because it's like he's. That's an early storyline, right? Where you have right, a guy right. who's about to be forty in in five days or whatever it is. He was the last team to beat Boston in the first round of the playoffs, by the way, which I saw, which I saw Mac and do tweet like we're we were right on the verge of people of, of of people starting to freak out about that. I think, but the result the result was where they needed it to be. And yeah, I, I like them to come out of that series, and I like them to come out of that division. Like it's, you can already see it, like the momentum going on the Craig Anderson thing mm-hmm. and the postmortems of, oh, they ran into this great yep. storyline and Craig Anderson revived for one last mm-hmm. hurrah. Craig Anderson, his playoff numbers are ridiculous. Like, and, you know, the thing about Craig Anderson, he's always been on the, the precipice of um, one of these goalies who kind of 
was never one of the league's best, but kind of always underappreciated, right? Like, whatever that weird spot. Like, if we're talking, to keep it within the theme, American Olympic goalies, like, during his peak, it was, you know, Ryan Miller, and it was Jonathan Quick, and then you're always like, oh, don't forget about Craig Anderson. That's, He's really good. I, I, I No joke, I, I can remember you doing roster roster projections and all, and, and, and all that stuff for years. It was like, Craig Anderson, pretty good number three, right? And he's had... <laughs> right. He's had, he's had a hell of a career. It's just been a you know a, a four or five year gap between between him playing high end hockey and and really I mean right. whatever that was that was his fifth start last night. But you know you know what what all this kind of reminded me of and him coming in, in in game one. I'd completely forgotten about that series in 2015 when it was in, when it was Senators and it was Andrew Hammond and the Hamburglar and all this stuff. I mean he was like he was the toast of the league for a little bit. He, he comes in in that in, in those in those first two playoff games and kind of you know the, the clock struck midnight on him, and then Craig Anderson comes in and he's got you know whatever a nine seventy save percentage and a, and a sub one GAA over the course of those last four <laughs> games and it wasn't it wasn't enough the whole, the, the hole had been dug but that was also on the verge of being some insane yeah. insane run where he enters a series after the start of it and does something crazy and and and, and almost pulls it off so yeah I think um. I mean, we're repeating ourselves now, but I, I think yeah. that was a necessary win for Boston just to kind of head that off at the pass. I feel like Craig wasn't Craig Anderson good every other year. There's some weird. He's like he's like, the, like he's like in the he's like he's like in the Mike Smith he's like in the Mike Smith category of like <laughs> is it is it an even year or, or an odd year? Because that apparently is going to dictate what what kind of play you're going to get from him. Oh my gosh! All right, so I want to look ahead to tonight's games. Um, in like I'm not even gonna make a Calgary Vancouver joke because that is an actual game tonight. Um, when are those? Are how many more of those they have? It's like it's like seven or eight <laughs> more, <know>. right? <laughs> there was it's it's the perfect lead-in because that Florida Tampa game on Sunday was unbelievable. One of the like this, it's not hyperbole to say it was one of the best playoff games in th- three or four years. Like it was, it had, had everything you wanted. And for the, like for that to go to from that game to the Calgary Vancouver was was like it, it was comical and sad. Like the NHL finally has this moment where hey, these two Florida teams are playing. It's it, it's great, and then it's like oh yeah, by the way, we've got this other thing going on. And it, it, reminded, it reminded me a little bit of like you know when when you're in the fall and you're watching uh, this happened to me like you're watching NFL Sundays and like NFL it's crazy and it's great, and then there's kind of like late playoff baseball or whatever and you flip back and forth and it's boring and and this is i mean i like baseball but it's just like the 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 kind of the contrast is is huge that's how i felt about these two games um and sean the the florida that florida series which is going to be awesome um i think you went and found people that somehow that was their first hockey game it was amazing amazing. i and it was it was a tweet it was there were tweets doing numbers during that game they were basically saying you know Oh my God! Imagine if this was the first hockey game that you ha- that you ever saw, and I was like, "Oh, I mean, that's gotta that's gotta be true for some people." So yeah, I just yeah. I just like hammered different search terms on Twitter and tried to find a handful of people who were either watching their first game on TV or att- or attending their first game or, or or whatever it was. And yeah, I, I was man, it, it was it was so great to talk to to talk to these people because because we're in it. We and we've been in it for our whatever. If not all of our lives, cer- certainly the majority of it at, at this point. Yeah. It's easy to forget how how great playoff hockey is. I think I think we do kind of take it for granted, or or at least until this year. I 
there was something so special about about that Panthers Lightning game because it wasn't just new fans either. I think it was it was people who hadn't really seen a true a true playoff atmosphere in you know two calendar years at the, at this point. And it was that was the reminder for everybody, like, oh yeah, that's right, that, that's right. This is this is how it works because the yeah. the fans were crazy, the action was crazy. It had every element of hockey that you know that that makes it a compelling sport, kind of kind of on display. So it was great. It was great for the veterans, right? It it was great. It it was great. It was great for the, for the old guys like us, but there were also a lot of, a lot of 19 year old dudes or, or, or 22 year old people in, in South Florida who just watched it because, you know, basically the heat had nothing to play for. That's what, that's what most of these folks that I talked to were saying. were like, yeah, the heat already had their, had their playoff, had their playoff seating lined up. So I, so I figured why not? And they watched it and just got hooked immediately. It's pretty amazing to me. And I don't know if this is a good thing that here we are in the year 2021 and we're still talking about fans in Florida discovering hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm, you know, there's always going to be that in every market. But uh, the fact that the Panthers are are still still on some level establishing themselves. I mean, they've had their moments, but like they really, ha- you know, you, you, you need more than one great playoff they haven't had they haven't had sustained success that's what it comes down to you just can't and i and i I said this to one of the guys i was i I, you know i I interviewed i interviewed for the story i think it's something that we don't quite want to admit about even Mm -hmm. established hockey markets that if you have five down years or six down years i don't know in 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 pittsburgh let's say we don't know we don't know what that looks like because they've been successful for you know 35 years i think we do i think they go to kansas city uh, oh absolutely isn't absolutely (laughs) but but even then even then that was like people talk about the dark ages of uh, of the penguins and it was it it was it was two or three seasons right so so if you have if you have a a protracted length of you know, irrelevant, crappy hockey that, that takes place over five years or six years. With we'll we'll leave the arena deal out, out of it, right? If 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 the oh, I do, I don't want to, but go ahead. If the we'll pe- get into the I'm saying like now, if if City, oh in it, Pittsburgh, I, I thought you were talking about Florida. I want to talk about the oh mall. god, yeah, go uh, yeah, 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 we'll we'll talk about that in in a second. But if you if you have a team that's on somewhat steady financial ground and doesn't have the arena the arena threat hanging over their head, like I don't. There's more markets than we want to admit that are four or five years away from 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 some, from something pretty negative happening. And, and and the Panthers have have never had never had consistent success. They have an arena that's you know on the back end of a mall where where, where nobody actually lives. That's a that that's a huge thing. And still, I know it's crazy. It's been th- you know thirty years almost since since the Panthers you know entered the league, but they're. You, that's a market where culturally it just it just it just it wasn't there for for a bunch of different reasons. So if if you don't have a good team and if you don't have a centrally located arena that people are actually cool going going to visit, then you're going to have problems. So yeah, on on some level it it is wild that we're still talking about people who are like, "Oh god, but there's a there's a hockey team in South Florida, but if you if if you think about it it makes it makes a little bit more sense." Was there a, a- a comment or a story from that reporting that stood out to you in terms of like the one was I, I laughed about they were like ah oh, nobody goes out there unless they're going to the mall but uh, you know was just in terms of the impact one game can make on a potential fan was there one that jumped out to you? There were two different two different guys who were who were second or third generation Cuban Americans who who just mm. you know they 
their their dads and their grand their grandpas didn't didn't care about hockey like com- completely understandably. But two of those guys specifically were like, "I'm all in, man! Like I'm I'm, ha- I'm having a family party. We're doing the we're doing the barbecue. It's on it's on the big TV in the in, in the living room. My my dad's in. My grandpa's in. Like we're like they've they've got our attention. So I think that's. <laughs> I hope this series is good. I right like yeah. that was that was that was my that was my big takeaway. Like I like whatever whether the Panthers win whether they lose. You know, if if we get a six game series or a seven game series with end to end action and, and and all this sort of stuff, I think if nothing else, you're going to have a chance to start converting people in South Florida, like we saw happen in Tampa over over the last you know yeah. ten years or fifteen years, right? Where 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 people get kind of locked in. I I I think I think it's got that potential for for a lot of different reasons. So yeah, man, I'm. I'm 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 rooting I'm rooting for more good games because it can only lead to more good things down there. I, in talking to to Florida management, you know they've got the new group there, and and I know they very much want to make that a destination. And at some level, Florida has always been a free agent. Like they've gotten their share of free agent, you know, the Yandles <laughs> and the like. They they sign their guys, but like. You know, I, I think of what the Lightning, you know, what they did last year with the jet skis and the boys are back and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like that, like that established some, like they're having a good time playing for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I thought that was so important to, you know, it made me want to play for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Florida hasn't had that moment. And I know they're very like conscious of it. They want to like, they want to do like events from, you know, a boat out in the, the ocean. Like, like they should completely just go all in on, hey, you want to. You want to have a great time and a great hockey career. Come down to Miami. That was what that was what a few different people said. I think about the way yeah. that, the way that they've. It sounds like they've changed the way that they market the team and just been more yep. like, like a, a little bit more aggressive and in, in in the way they use social and all that sort of stuff. Not to and not to get too far in, in, into the weeds with that, but there is there's there's good stuff going on there. Of course, of course, it's always going to be easier for on some level for teams like Florida and Tampa to attract free agents because the weather's great and there is no yeah. state income tax. And that is an actual built in kind of baked in advantage. Whenever you're talking about multi-million tens of millions of dollars of deals, like you like, that's a, that that's a whole hell of a lot of money over, over, over the course of a long-term deal. Yeah. Like ask Sergey Bobrovsky how, how much more money he's going to have in his pocket by not, by not having, you know, not having that, that, that tax element element to worry about and, and, and like it or not disagree, disagree with it you know, uh, whatever, uh, uh, ideologically, ideologically or whatever. That's just the, that's just the way it is. That's what, that's why athletes are based there. That's why Tiger Woods lives in Florida and Ken Griffey Jr. lives in Florida and Charles Barkley lives in Florida. Like those guys, when, when you get into that bracket, it's a major, major, major concern. The question is: Is it going to be a series? I I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of laughed and I agreed with your tweet yesterday. You're like, we're all we were all just like going gaga over game one, and you're like, yeah, lightning and five, right? Like it, it does have the feel of like had Florida won that game, I, I could be much much more convinced. But if you don't beat the Lightning on game one when Kucherov hasn't played in a year and Stamkos has been out, um, then I don't know. Are you going to beat them? That's my only concern about that series. That disallowed goal, and then and then the and then and then the swing back nine seconds afterwards was just that's that's, mm. that's backbreaking stuff to, to happen that that early in the game. And yeah, they battled back, and yeah, you know, it was it was tied as as late as it was. But that's one of those things again. 
when you see a hev- a heavy underdog and you see like some bounce some bounces go against them in in a game one in a game they easily could have stolen. I mean that's that's when you're like how was this was was this their chance? Did did mm-hmm. we just witness them them blowing their best opportunity to 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 actually take the series? Again, it kind of it, it kind of feels like that happened, but I don't know, man. I I, I hope it didn't. I'll take six more games of of whatever we saw on yeah. Sunday. I'll tell you that. I think here's here's this chance. You know, the the hottest take I saw in in any conversations I had was a scout saying Barkov is as good as McDavid or Matthews oh. if you just put him on one of those teams. Now, <laughs> I know we've been saying that Barkov is underrated for years. This is taking that to a whole other level. I, I'm not saying I – but his point was he's been carrying around four guys. And, I, I, like, I don't want to diminish, you know, Anthony Duclair and some of his line mates. Like, they, they've had great seasons. But, Bark, like, here is this moment. Okay, if we're saying, boy, we're worried the Lightning are going to take the series over. Kucherov is too good. And he is – like, that's just a reminder how good he is. Here is a, an opportunity for Barkov to, to really put the gauntlet down. Going back to those three or four or five people who who I talked to who who had never seen a Panthers game, right? Barkov jumped off the ice for them. There were mm. there were three guys who were like Barkov. That's my dude. I'm gonna if if, if I get a jersey, it's it's gonna be him. He's he's a beast. So yeah, this seems like this seems like if it happens, you know, if this does turn into a situation where you know we're doing the show next week and and we're prepping for a game 7 or whatever it's yeah. going to be because it turned into the Sasha Barkov show right like that's yep. that's what that that's what's going to happen all right uh i one last thing before we go to break i wanted to run because you're in pittsburgh i and i, I am not a fan of like hey i'm going to read somebody else's column and <laughs> we're going to do a takedown of the writer because we all you know we all have our opinions we all like i'm sure People listening to this have read stuff I've written or had seen opinions and thought it was outrageous. Cathal Dis- um, Di- Kelly. Disagree. In, You've been right 100% of the time in your career. Oh, I have. So, okay, yeah. good. Thank you. Yeah. There was like 500 comments in that last one. before. I, I won't even go into that section. Uh-huh. Ever, pieces like that. But Cathal Kelly from the Globe and Mail wrote a story about Sidney Crosby. And I don't know if this was a case of the headline probably not doing him any favors because <laughs> – <laughs> Here I am already trying to bail the writer out, like because I I don't love. But uh, hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to pull up the headline. It, it was um, um, I'm trying. I'm, I I I want to let you talk yourself out of this one. It's it's it's, it's gonna be what fun. that it was. That was I read. A, it was a good I read. Column. I read. I read the column, and the first thing I will say is that it was not an incendiary headline. That was that was directly oh, that, right. that was that was directly in line with the with the tone of it, and that headline was Craig. Crosby's time in Pittsburgh has been epic. Now, please make it stop. <laughs> uh, possibly by trading with the Montreal Canadiens, please. Please. And that please. was the conclusion that, that it's time to trade him to the Montreal Canadiens. Not the conclusion, but that was one of the suggestions. As if, um, you know, P- Pittsburgh and an American hockey market can't have a superstar player for the entirety of their career. That's, was that, that was the conclusion you drew? Absolutely the conclusion. It was kind of a yeah, backdoor okay. way at getting at it, but that was that was the kicker, right? And I was waiting for it. Like I'm I was I was scrolling through it on on, on my phone, you know, <laughs> whatever from from bed on to, on Sunday night or or, or wherever it was. I, I was just waiting for the hammer to drop, right? I'm waiting for the for waiting for the Canadians suggestion to happen and yeah it was it was it was it was right there at the end he, <laughs> Wait, you he, thought the he whole time through. you're like at some point he's gonna suggest a trade to the montreal Canadiens. a hundred percent that's what that's what we've seen it's it's kind of in line with a bunch of stuff we've seen really throughout this season especially in the middle of the year and it was you know it was 
guys like you know, and I'm I'm not I'm not doubting I'm not doubting their their reporting because that would be insane for me to right. do. But guys like guys like Elliot Friedman and Darren Dreger and you know the 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 Canada based guys, there was stuff percolating. I think in, in in the middle of the year, whenever or towards towards the beginning of the season, whenever stuff was on the rails with Rutherford and the Penguins were six yeah. and six or whatever it was, and then then the speculation understandably starts being like. Is Crosby going to want to be there for all of this? Like, like what, like what happens at the end of his deal? What happens if mm. it's two years from now and they're actually in a rebuild? Like, how is that going to work? Would he be interested in playing in playing in 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 Canada? He's buddies with Nathan McKinnon and blah 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 <laughs> blah 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 blah. The the dots the dots were getting connected pretty heavily there for you know for for about a week at, at, at the at, in the early part of the season. So I was I was fully expecting that. And it's understandable <sighs> on the part of Canadian reporters and, and Canadian fans is you want Sidney Crosby, who's a civic icon at this point, to mm-hmm. find some way to return to one of those teams, one of those eight teams, and and you know, play out play out the remaining years of his prime. I get it. I get it. But <laughs> taking us back to Sunday night. Yeah. Just a just a wild a wild wild ride from a, from, from Cathal Kelly wildly timed and it was it was exactly what I was expecting and it really it really delivered there by the end I, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. So I think we should spend the rest of the show talking about Austin Matthews returning to the Arizona Coyotes in the year twenty twenty four twenty five. We'll see we'll see that's leaving. that's definitely going to happen though. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Do you think so? Uh, uh, and we we've got to wrap up the segment. But on a scale of one to ten, how concerned should Crosby and the Penguins be down one zero to the Islanders? That's a great question. I think I, I think you look at the process of the of the first game, and it was generally there. Mm-hmm. It was two. It was two really two really strong periods from them. They had they they had they had their chances. It's about as good as you can play a Barry Trotz team in the playoffs. I, I think to to some extent, a couple a couple different things go their way. I, I don't know that we're having this conversation. But the fact that the fact is the reason they lost that game is because of Tristan Jari. He played he played horrendously. Yep. They allowed they allowed four goals, all all ranging from soft to atrocious, right? And that is a concern. It 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 has to be because a he's been <clears throat> almost remarkably inconsistent over over the over the course of the of the season. I think you see his home road splits. That's a that's a great example. Not that home road yeah. splits mean all that much. But it's like a nice little postage stamp kind of example on the kind of swings that that guy is is capable of under normal circumstances, right? And also, he's dealing with some kind of injury. It's some sort of upper body yeah. injury. You can guess as to what it is. I mean, the guy was having trouble raising his arm, so you know, whatever, fill fill in the blank there. That should be a concern, and I and I think that's kind of kind of the playoffs in a nutshell. Is process can be great. You can. You can be you can pick a team to win a series because they're more likely across the board in, in any number of ways. But if your goalie's not there, it's not going to matter. And that is why they lost that game. And that's why the concern level, you know, if the concern level should have been a, a three going into this series, it should be it should be somewhere north of five now, I would say. Right. I mean, we shouldn't be the Islanders and Barry Trotz and that crew. Like, this is what they do. Mm-hmm. Kyle Palmieri you know, who still hadn't established himself after the trade deadline. I, like one one of my 
not, I don't want to say criticisms, but concerns for any team that made a major move at the trade deadline was this year is so condensed. It takes guys in a regular year a long time to, to make the adjustment. So if you're giving up huge assets for a rental, uh, I thought it was a bigger risk than ever this year. And Palmieri, you know, if they win the series because of those goals, uh, you can say, okay, Lou Lamarillo, that, that was a great trade. And I also, I'm going to have a Mia Culpa here, and, and I saw Dom do this with Sam Bennett, who Florida gave up two, essentially two second round picks, picking a player to acquire, and he was great. I, man, was I wrong about uh, JG Pajot last year at the trade deadline? I hated that trade. It was a lot. Um, just because it was well, it, they gave up mm-hmm. so much for a guy that I'm looking at kind of aging curves and what, mm-hmm. I, what you should expect from him. Uh, and then give them a huge contract. I, I think I literally gave them like an E or an F and the you know some sort of grade thing. And and like if you're if you're a contender and you're trading for guys that have that are good in the playoffs, that's exactly the guy you want in your team. I, that's like, that's part of the fun of this job. <laughs> I know people what, I, what running down people's no trade no moves? no is is <laughs> yeah right. I'm, is yeah. is is going back and having all the answers. Yeah. A year after they happen. No, what I mean, all we can do is pick these series and pick, you know, pr- project player performance or pick winners or whatever. All you can do is is pick it based on based on the information at hand, right? Like you yes. you, you want to be analytical about this. You want to you want to use data. You want to use precedent. Like that's all. That's all. That's all really important. And over the long run, like it's it, it's it's gonna work itself out but not but not everything works itself out like like we mm-hmm. we should we should enjoy the outliers on on, on this sort of stuff and i think dom in particular is really really good at that because he's yeah. because he's he's got this he's got this these models that he's developed he's got a lot of he's got a lot of skin in the game right like from from his own reputation you know again with without without going too far in the weeds but whenever when, whenever teams buck the trend or players buck the trend, you know he, the caps are a great example. Dom's model d- yeah. d- does not does not like the caps, but but he's not he's not out there, you know, <laughs> like rooting against them j- j- just to be proven right. Being being right seventy percent of the time is fine. You you en- yeah. enjoy the outliers and enjoy the craziness because if you could easily predict all this stuff, there wouldn't be any point in playing the games. Right, right. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We are very excited to be joined by Ryan Miller, who retires with more wins than any other U.S.-born goalie. That's a great intro for the rest of your life, Ryan, that you, I'm sure you will get. That's got to feel okay. How are you? 
see how long it I'm good. We'll see how long it lasts. We got a, a fair amount of exceptional American born goalies uh climbing the ladder here right now. Do you know <laughs> who's behind you? I'm curious. Now I'm gonna Google this as we're as you answer this. Do you know how close anyone is to behind you on that on that record? I mean Quickie Quickie's gotta be close. He, I'm not sure exactly, but he's gotta be pretty close. He has to be. Um I'm looking up and right then now. I'm right. looking it up I mean, right now for the record. Are you Sean? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad somebody <laughs> this is we're doing that. <laughs> this, this is on the fly I was going to say, our, our prep is, is, oh, I didn't know we were going to go down right, right down this path. So, congratulations, Ryan. How, how, like, has it all settled in yet? I'm sure this is what you're getting asked a lot, but I'm always fascinated about that moment. You know, the announcement comes. I like how you did it. There was, mm-hmm. we, we got to enjoy, you know, it wasn't like we were getting a press release from the PA in the middle of the summer. I thought it was well done. Is it sinking in? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely has sunk in. It, that's kind of the idea of doing it with some season left for me and was to have some closure and be able to say goodbye. Uh, I talked to a lot of guys who had retired and a common thing that kept coming up was, you know, they felt uh, like there wasn't that closure, like that chance to say goodbye or even have any kind of fun with it. It was just kind of like, well, that just stopped. And I didn't really want to do that if I could, you know, with the COVID situation, and uh, the abrupt stops of the season the year prior, I was kind of concerned that's how everything was going to kind of play out. And I was really happy that I got a chance to come back and uh, and play a season where I kind of knew. And I was still having fun coming to the rink, but I kind of knew this would probably be it. So I could have fun with it and um, try and just check off a few more things on the boxes. And... Uh, and we, I was happy the fans could finally get back in yeah. in California so my family could be a part of some of that stuff. And then my parents obviously were able to come to Minnesota. So it was just kind of nice to have like a, you know, a few little things say goodbye. And then I have this kind of wrapped up, buttoned up, and I don't have to be thinking about it through the summer. I mean, I just, it's, it's, it's saving me time. Yeah. <laughs> Did you think about announcing it even any earlier than you did? Like, was there was there any strategy with uh, with with a particular time that you that, that you actually made the decision public? Well, I had in my head that I was probably done after the season, and I wanted to enjoy the season. And then when it became apparent we weren't going to have a chance to push or make a playoff push, I thought it was appropriate that I could say, "Hey, I'm going to retire, and I'd like to say goodbye." And uh, it was really our. Uh, uh, Sudarshan Maharaj, our, our goalie coach, Sudzi, uh, and uh, even you know, Bob Murray, our GM. I had touched on it with them a little bit, and then their encouragement was, hey, you should announce it. Yeah. And they they kind of pushed it a little bit, and I, and I was just weighing that against other people I was talking to, and, and of course, um, my wife and uh, my family, and everyone just like, you know what, this seems like you know, a good way to do it because you get to actually say goodbye and not a lot of people get a chance to do that. And it was a unique opportunity. And when it became apparent that I wouldn't be a big distraction to the club around the playoff situation, then obviously uh, I was willing to, you know, willing to do that. If it was a different kind of situation, I definitely would have just kept it, you know, a little closer to the vest and, um, and let things kind of play out. But uh, I was glad to get the chance to say goodbye. And 
and hear from a lot of people who had uh, been a big part of my career. And also, you know, I, I think that as the summer plays out, this is going to be, you know, how I'm uh, able to kind of acknowledge those people, be more personal because I'll have time and the ability to do that. Who did you hear from that you were maybe surprised or who was the coolest message you got and all that? Um, I mean, I heard from tons and tons of former teammates and some coaches and general managers. And I mean, everyone, uh, it was great to hear from everybody. And, you know, the Ducks even kind of gave me a little bit of a surprise in that when I was making my announcement, they had gathered a lot of people to do a, a personal video about my uh, career and some guys, you know, just offering congratulations. And, and that was a little bit put me on the wrong foot for that announcement because I thought I was going to get a chance to speak. And they're like, well, you're going to listen to this video and, and then you're going to oh. talk. <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of, it's kind of wrong footed on that one. I got a little bit emotional <laughs> and I thought that uh, just seeing that and hearing from people over the next, you know, a couple of weeks has been more than I could have hoped for, because like I said, it's, it's the chance to say goodbye that a lot of guys I talked to never had a chance to do. And a lot of them felt kind of uh, bad about it in a way. I think they've all put it to bed, but even talking to my brother, Drew, you know, who played a long time in pro hockey, played, had a great NHL career. And it, you know, he finished his career by going over to Europe. You know, he, he was even telling me, you know, he feels like he has more closure now because I did, did it in that way. Hmm. Like I'm done. He's done. We went through this experience together. And he felt like that was helpful for him. Even I, I had a couple other buddies, you know, say the same thing guys I grew up with. And, um, I, I kind of joked. I just like, I didn't know I was the one kind of holding on for everybody else. So we didn't have to admit we were getting older. <laughs> You're 55 ahead of quick, by the way, it, it took me, it took me 15 minutes to find that, but yeah, so yeah. he's, uh, he, he's coming up behind you. And I, I mean, are you ready to kind of settle into that, phase is like the elder statesman of Amer of American goalies because you're you're a model I think for guys coming up that maybe maybe you didn't I I, I don't know if 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 you had that when when you were coming up when you have guys mm. even like even like Quickie he's six years younger than you I mean you were you were the template for guys like him and him and and, and, and John Gibson and, and whatever so it, it feels like you've started something that, that that maybe wasn't wasn't rolling before you necessarily I mean, maybe in a way, I mean, but there's always guys I was looking towards. I mean, even going back to when I was just starting and, you know, the Olympics were still in the amateur ranks, like watching the guys represent the U.S. And, you know, I think like Dunham or like even like Ray LeBlanc yeah. and like just anybody who put the jersey on, it was like, whoa, they get to play in that tournament. That's so cool. And I remember being at some hockey camp or tournament. I can't even remember but like trying to just tune into the radio to see how the hockey game was going in like 1992, <laughs> you know, like it's just like, so yeah, I think it's cool. I got to wear the Jersey and I got to play a long time in the NHL. And uh, I always just kind of thought if one, one game or one moment or part of my career is, has inspired somebody to, carve out something for their own life uh, i mean that's that's pretty cool um because i know a lot of you know a lot of doing things in life is actually just seeing somebody do it uh like if you can see it you can do it and i had a lot of that influence through my cousins who came 
uh, even just my family, you know, my grandfather paving the way to come to college in the 1950s at Michigan State, his brother being able to do it, my dad being able to do it after them, then my my great uncle's sons being able to do it and then play in the NHL. And then we got to watch them. It's just when you're able to have that connection and be able to see it and believe that it's possible and uh, things just become uh, not easier, but it's just it makes sense. It's not something so foreign. And I just always recognize that very early in my life that if my family members were doing it, I should pay attention because it's going to be helpful and just watching them train and watching them accomplish uh, was really helpful. So I think that what you're seeing with Americans, as far as, you know, even specializing in certain positions, you know, goaltenders, skill forwards, skill defensemen, whatever, um, you're just seeing a lot more now and guys can actually say, okay, I can look to that. And, and I can improve on that. Yeah. I think that's what we're going to see. Like, I'm happy that I was able to push. Uh, I was able to push the the position, you know, as far as I could push it. And um, you know, I'm I'm con- I'm pretty content and happy with what I was able to to do because you know I I always just enjoy playing the game. And um, but you're going to see guys coming. You know, now they're going to push everything even further and they're going to be, you know, much more highly tuned athletes and they're going to be much better <laughs> goaltenders, much better forwards, much better defensemen. It's, it's going to all start happening very quickly. I think in terms of having an impact where where you see it the most is when you reach the audience outside the hockey world. And, and to me, mm-hmm. like that. The the Olympics that the moment in Vancouver where it's no no longer you know Ryan Miller NHL goalie it was Ryan Miller you know U.S. Olympian and superstar like the, it, it just seemed like it was in a whole other place and um, was there a moment for you in that in that run where you were like oh man this is this is beyond anything I imagined in terms of your reach or your fame or your impact. Not until I was, that tournament had passed. Okay. Not until some time had passed. Yeah. So, I mean, we kind of knew. I mean, the funny part is, like, I, I mean, I just looked at it like I grew up playing weekend or one-week tournaments as a kid. I, You know, you play college hockey, there's challenge tournaments or small game, small stretches within the season. Even in juniors, we had all-star tournaments we had uh and when i was in the north american hockey league it was kind of a different setup but it was we had north american league versus ushl challenge cup we had uh usa hockey had a junior challenge cup where they, we pulled the kids together went to lake placid played against like sweden finland maybe russia uh, all around the age, same age group we just didn't have the same setup they have now and they were they would get creative with how to do things and um in all those tournaments i just you just you're so into that tournament and i just kind of approached it like that yeah like okay i got two weeks i think i can get hot for two weeks let's see what happens and you know we got close and it was you know it was probably one of the better hockey games that uh you know we could have hoped to be a part of 
And, you know, it, it's, um, it sucks to be on the other side of it, but I think as a group, I still see the boys who were on that team. Uh, you know, we still feel pretty good about what we were able to do. We all have a little bit of that, that what if about it, but you know, there's, there's still enough pride there and uh, there's a connection to that, that group of guys still whenever we see each other. I, so for, for me that the answer to when it reached some other level, I remember somebody calling into CNN and posing as you. And I don't know if you even yeah. were aware that was happening at the time. No, we, yeah, we remember. <laughs> it's like, is it like MSNBC? Or oh, was it MSNBC? Yeah, it was somebody. I'm like, that's not Ryan Miller. That was that was that was me actually. I had a, I had a, I had a, I had I had some free time and a really good idea. So, yeah, that was pretty funny. We uh, we thought that was pretty funny too uh, when we uh, heard about it. I just want to imagine that team getting together at like barbecues and stuff for the yeah, next absolutely. like four decades and talking about it. So I, I'm glad to hear that there's because it was such a moment of pride for this country and it was awesome and whatever happened at the end I forget. But I like I think that I'm glad to hear that you guys look at that back and say that was pretty incredible. Yeah, we have a certain respect for it. Um, I think I, I David Backus and I. Uh, we were on the golf course the other day and uh, I don't know, he just mentioned something about like he was checking on on his house and or something. I'm like, I don't know. Something all came up just like, you know, what, what did you ever do with your silver medal? And he's just like, oh, it's just, uh, you know, I got it in, in, the, in the safe. And I, I was like, yeah, I had mine in a sock drawer for like eight years. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's, and you know, I, it's just something where we're all just that competitive. Where we're proud of what we were able to do. We acknowledge that it's not easy to, first of all, make an Olympic team, and then get through the tournament. That year was exceptional, and to come within a you know a breath, you know, if Staz could just hit the hit the net, you know, maybe it's different. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we I mean, know no, who to pin no one, it on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to have some fun. I don't think anybody really remembers Staz, breathe, you know, just kissing the crossbar, shooting it back across the net or something. So yep. it's like that game was so close to going any direction. And, you know, we still have, uh, you know, our as teammates, you know, we still feel good about you know, how we represent ourselves. We have Paul Stasny on the call, actually. Here, here, here he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you, I th- there was a point, I, I've actually sadly watched it many times. I think Phil Kessel hit a post or so. There was another, there was an overtime moment yeah. too that it was. Um, yeah, it ended up going a little bit more back and forth after overtime settled in and it's just kind of, you know, and it got away from us. All I remember is the win over Canada. That's what I, I, so I'm one of those guys that saves newspapers like a complete dork. And I bought the Van, whatever the Vancouver newspaper was that had like after you guys beat Canada and what was it, 5 2 or whatever, like convincingly. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, they were, the headlines were amazing. Like, whoa, Canada and all, like the, we, like it was awesome as an American to see that them so upset was fun. That, so that's the game I remember. That was awesome. Yeah, I mean, we we were serious about the way we prepared for that tournament, and, and they built the team to match up against what, who they projected the lineup to be mm. uh, in Canada. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the idea. It's like our group 
if we built it the right way and the guys played it to their their strengths, that you know that particular style team could maybe beat Canada at that tournament. And uh, we did beat them the one time, and then you know we pushed it to a point where we almost had the best uh, best chance possible. So yeah, it was it was a it was kind of cool to see how USA Hockey thought through all that and, mm. and even just structure the narrative so that we had the freedom to kind of go figure out who we were during the the early part of the tournament and then see if we could push for the, the gold medal. Um, before I get to the Michigan State portion of the conversation and lose Sean completely, I do want to talk a little <laughs> about your future. And yeah. I know you had mentioned during that call, you see yourself, I, I, and I think this is a great spot, uh, you know, in a front office. Um, mm-hmm. Before I get to that, I do want to ask, what you, you know Chris Drury well playing with him and like how do, yeah. how do you see him in that role? This kind of came in a weird way or it was kind of a shocking move, but ultimately, you know, smart guy. How do you see him in that role? And what's – is that – is the GM spot is that the ultimate end, end game for you? Yeah, I mean, at some point, I'd like to build the teams. I mean, that's what kind of interests yeah. me. It's all aspects of hockey. I think the preparation and the strategy and, and the execution altogether has always been about how I crafted my own game. That's why I kind of think I am in a, you know, if I want to use my hockey knowledge to try and make a living after this, it's probably more useful, you know, in the player development and management strategy kind of department i i'm i think i feel comfortable coaching i did it as a, I coached a lot as a teenager and mm-hmm. you as a veteran player you kind of do end up mentoring and coaching a lot i mean that's kind of a role i've been in the last four years uh, not even so much not so much for gibby like Gibby's just a natural and kind of just need to you know be his partner but for other guys on the team actually you know, i'm not strictly you know, hamstrung to being a goalie kind of coach. Like I, I think I see the game and I see situations and I've been trying to convince my six year old son, you know, dad knows a little bit about goal scoring as well, because <laughs> I need to know about what every single guy in the NHL does well. Mm. So I think I know <laughs> yeah, how to, you know, how to help you get, you know, become a better uh, player no matter what you choose, you know, positionally. So, um, I think that's where I can go hockey wise. I think in the short term, it's going to be a lot of family time and mm-hmm. getting used to a different schedule. I don't think putting my family back into a hockey schedule is, <laughs> is going to be all that fair or the smart thing to do. I don't think I can handle it. So, you know, in the short term, it's going to be a lot more trying to find unique ways to stay close to the game uh, by reaching out to. Uh, like USA Hockey, or like, and also having conversations with, you know, other people I know in in the game, and and seeing how I can kind of stay close, but not in a full time capacity in the short term. And then I'd love to be tasked with the challenge of crafting, you know, a plan for a team or an organization at some point. And getting back around to Chris Drury, yeah. Um. Chris is one of the most competitive people you're going to meet in your life. I mean, in a different way, if you watch that uh, documentary, uh, the last dance with like Michael Jordan and the bulls. Mm. I mean, I mean, he, it'd be different 
than Michael Jordan, but there'd be a lot of similarities. <laughs> it's just his competitive levels, just even in practice, like where he would take it with with things. And then in games as well, like he was pretty clutch player and he demanded to have the opportunity to, to be in those situations. And, uh, but he, he crafted it all in practice, you know, in practice was, if there's a break in practice or there's a, a lull, it was either him or Danny Breer wanted to figure out how to do, you know, an angle breakaway, full breakaway, you know, like they had a play in mind. But it was a fun, and it was a fun situation. Like they, it was a challenge. Like, and you know, he'd seek out, he'd seek out the guys who wanted to be challenged. So I, I just see him as being very diligent in the job, and the fact that he, he's already got Mike Greer, his buddy with him, is going to be, uh, it's going to be great. You know, those guys together are uh, are a lot of fun, but they're also super competitive, and I think that any organization is always going to be top down and you know just the kind of attitude they bring to the rink and the kind of respect they command is going to be you know beneficial to the new york rangers right off the hop did that did that competitiveness manifest itself off the ice like jordan too like were you guys betting on whose luggage came down on the carousel (laughs) first or or, or throwing (laughs) throwing nickels in the hallway like was it was it was it across the board like that Oh, I, I think there's, you know, some small stuff like that for sure. I, I can't remember for sure if there's anything like that, but, you know, he's, he always wanted to be pushing guys and he had, he had fun with it. And I think that that was, uh, you know, I think that's a, at the heart of everybody who's competitive and can make it in a, in very difficult circumstances, you know, in pro sports and, and be successful. You know, everyone has a little bit of that edge. Uh, Chris just seemed to stand out a little bit. So I think it's, it's really cool that he was patient. He, he went about it the right way. He learned and crafted, uh, his, his style and he waited for the opportunity that he wanted. And, uh, it's great to see that he, uh, he's, he's going to have that opportunity. I know fans in Buffalo are already clamoring for you to take a job there. My request to you would be to look hard at USA Hockey. I think there's a huge need kind of in the leadership roles there. And this is not mm-hmm. a – I mean, I'm not running people down that are there. I just think there's a, a opportunity. Like there's more need for the, somebody, you know, that gets today's game that is in it, that understands things, that's smart. I just think that there's – there's it would be, yeah. be a really cool fit there. Well, that's interesting. I haven't put much – time into their structure i do mm-hmm. have some buddies who are kind of been moving up over the years and becoming a little bit more involved some of them have since moved on and to different organizations and some are kind of finding their way but yeah i mean it's ever evolving with usa hockey uh, it, it, you know the hockey world has gotten so much bigger now there's a there's a lot more job opportunities so um yeah it's, it'd be interesting to see kind of what is available and what really is, you know, their management style. My interest in that was kind of like they have those shorter opportunities where you don't have to commit a full, right, full time job. It's like, okay, you got six or nine months leading up to uh, uh, one of the premier tournaments, like under 18s, World Juniors, uh, you know, possibly in the future we have another World Cup coming around. We have, uh, world championships just there's there are always things going on 
but they are very uh, finite. You know, they're they're not going to be long term. That and that for me with just retiring, that kind of interests me. Yeah. So. Well, and in, in in the meantime, too, American TV networks are looking to staff up too. Is that does that does one of those jobs with ESPN or TNT or anybody? Does that have any any kind of appeal to you to doing media work like that? Yeah, if they want some long-winded explanation, <laughs> I'm thinking. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. That'd be great. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not the most concise interview, but if I am in a situation where I'm doing more analysis and people are willing to listen, <laughs> I'll stumble my way through some uh, some hockey talk. But yeah, no, it's cur- I'm curious about it because it's I think it's kind of insane that my entire career went by without us being on ESPN. I played Ugh. 18 years of pro it's hockey. Crazy. It's a crime. I know it is. Cause I mean, I grew up with NHL tonight and, um, looking forward to like Tuesday. So you could just get some highlights before, you know, the kids these days, you know, they don't know the, the pain. Of, <laughs> Absolutely not. Of Having not to wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you know, I, and as far as ESPN in particular is concerned, I, I think, my stance on it is that it would do them well to kind of focus on the American viewer and kind of, and kind of make it like tailor it to the United States about right. as much as Lean they into could. It. And yeah, no, I agree. And who better, honestly, like who better, who better, <laughs> nobody has more bona fides than you when it comes to reaching a wide audience in, in the United States. I mean, we had someone, you know, we just said you were impersonated on, on MSNBC. Like <laughs> my mom, my mom knows who you are. That, that counts, that counts for, is that, that the litmus back, test? That, counts for a, gentilly? that is always, <laughs> yeah. that's always the litmus test. Like, does my mom know who this person is? And she, yeah. and, and she knows you. So you should be on ESPN. It's that simple. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the power of, uh, the Olympic movement. I mean, <laughs> yeah. people pay attention and that really is what, you know, you want in entertainment is some, somebody you recognize. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm interested, but I'd also, these are things I'd like to hear what they have to right. say and what the requirements are and, uh, what the setup is going to be. I, I think mm-hmm. that hockey can definitely benefit from a, a change as far as broadcast, uh, I don't know how to word this the right way, but the production of it, just the way you're absorbing the information. I think that, you know, basketball, football, they've really figured out what their fans want to consume. I think hockey needs to be checked more into that direction you really figure out what works for the hockey fan. Is there anything specific that you see on broadcast and, or, stuff that you'd like to see like do you do you watch tv and, and say like man I, I wish they would i wish they would do this or that or or, or focus or focus on anything in, um, in particular you know i really haven't watched the uh the the analysis right. that much i mean I, I have games on a lot but I, they're kind of background at that point you know uh, you know if it's in between periods and i'm home and or doing anything i'm i'm trying to encourage my son to eat or do something else and um if i'm really paying attention maybe it's on the road and i am also spaced out doing something else in the hotel room (laughs) like crossword puzzle or getting caught up on work or that needs to get done for the house like our our household to run and so um i i don't know i think that definitely a little bit more fun Mm -hmm. is needed i think you know when you look at you know shaquille o'neal and like some of these guys you know the personalities i I can't even match 
I can't obviously match that personality or, and that presence, but I think it'd be great if hockey started thinking along those lines where it is all about talking about the game in a fun way. And there seems to be a response for a lot more banter and kind of like a lot more fun just in general and in the way people are consuming their, their entertainment. So um, I'd like to see it. Is there who, who on the 2010 team would make the best TV guy? Like, do you, do you have a, do you have an, like, is is it Bacchus? (laughs) Well, I mean, we've already seen it. I mean, Wits mm, is, yes. you know, Ryan Whitney is is obviously a great entertainer. We knew that from when him and Ryan Malone just get everybody going. You know, most of it was just, you know, most of the locker room was just letting Wits get things going. And, you know, that, that caused a lot of fun and a lot of good memories. And, I mean, obviously he's become... Uh, an entertainer completely in, in a new and in different kind of way. But I wonder if he would separate himself a little bit to try and do some of that. But I mean, he, pretty much without hesitating, you know, it's, it's, it's not hard to say his name. <laughs> so, well, well, Ryan, well, I know you got to grab lunch. You got all kinds of family things going on. So we'll let you get back at it. Enjoy that time. And, I, and I know your family's probably eager for it, but we, we're looking forward to you back in the mix. So thanks for doing this, man. And congratulations. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, well, hockey's important to me, and, and I don't think I'll be away too long. I want to keep myself uh, involved, and I just have to figure out the right way to do that. Yeah. In the meantime, I, I don't think uh, anything will feel too different until we get to – training camp next year and then I'm, it'll occur to me that I haven't worked out enough <laughs> and then uh, us, 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 us neither for the yeah, rest enjoy the rest of us yeah. <laughs> yeah awesome well thanks Ryan take care thanks okay. thanks for the chat oh, yeah. um, all the best see ya uh, he was good Sean I you know he's funny because he's he's right the media stuff was really interesting to me because he would be great but he's also he's a thoughtful analytical um, I mean, you just listened to him. We heard him. Like, I don't know if he does sound bites or if, you know, like, I don't know if you want to pop into him for 30 seconds, but I, he's, I, I want him somewhere. He's clearly smarter than both of us. I, yes. I think that, I think that goes with saying, I was really trying to get him to endorse Phil Kessel as a, as, as, as a media <laughs> yeah, personality. You did keep after forward. it. I was wondering if you had an answer in mind there. You really were, you really <laughs> Like two or three let's follow-ups. Make, let's make it happen, baby. Five <laughs> five years, we can slide Phil into the Barkley role. It's going to be awesome. Oh, my gosh. He did say he's interested. I feel like we got a little news out of it. I was not expecting him to say that. I, I thought he was pretty much locked in on the on the front office route. So, hey, give him give him a call. He can't – yeah. he, I'll, I'll take him over, over Gretzky in that, in that space, that's for sure. I would. I would. Um and no, that was great. Like, and I really believe USA Hockey. And it doesn't sound like that's something he would want to do full time. But having somebody of his caliber at, at the executive level would be. I just, it's. It, I feel like it's been the same cast of characters there for a long time. There's a lot of people stuck in their ways, and um, it would be really cool to get somebody from that generation. Is that is that not something he could slide into just? immediately in whatever capacity he would want just being like the, the the dean of american goaltending like he he could just you know run run that pro- program for whatever six in those six months nine months chunks kind of that yeah that he was that, that he was talking about i'll take that 100 times out of 100 absolutely 
When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When you're trying to grow a business, the caliber of person you bring in to help you do that is really important. And LinkedIn makes it really easy to interview the right people for the role, quality people. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional. On LinkedIn, 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NHL show. That's linkedin.com slash NHL show to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I keep coming back into this scene at Raleigh last night. There was something, there was something mm. so great about that. And I, I, I know Sivy, Sarah Sivian posted, you know, video of the crowd at at Hurricanes Predators last night. Un, unbelievable stuff. It's starting to feel like life on on some on some level. Yep. Is returning back to normal, and, and and we're seeing it each seeing it each night, right? We saw we saw it in South Florida, we saw it in North Carolina. There's something special about having nine thousand, ten thousand, fifteen thousand people in these buildings, and there's something special specifically about the crowd noise, Craig. I, I don't know, I I don't yeah. know if you I, I don't know if you were as taken by that last night as I was. I don't know if I forgot what ten thousand cheering people sound like. I don't know if it's just the difference between piped in crowd noise or all this stuff we've heard over the last over the last year or so but man there's some there, there's something special and great about about hearing about hearing all those people and i, I yeah mean, it was awesome and and the, the storm surge like I, I you forget like that was the big thing last season and then they have to go in the bubble like the, this cool like was that last season or two seasons I, ago now i've lost time, track of time, the storm surge time has collapsed upon itself oh my gosh i'm you know Forgive me for not knowing the Storm Surge origins, but I do know like it, to, to see them do that for their home crowd in front of actual real human beings was awesome. I, I love that. And um, it, like I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow to go to Tampa to see a hockey game. That will be my this will be my first live viewing of hockey with people in the building. It'll be my first live viewing period because um, Max Baltman got our one credential at Little Caesars here in Detroit. Max. And I didn't want to stop. On. Max, God. <laughs> oh, what a pain. Um, yeah. So I just, I, I can't wait. Like it's going to, I've had all these steps back to normalcy, including, you know, a beer at the local pub the other day. Right. But that's, I, that's the one I, I can't wait for. Game one, I game one of Penn's Islanders was still it was still a pretty limited group. There were I think five thousand people in the stands, and they were they were all really spread out. Tonight, yeah. game two, which I'm which which I'm 
covering for for us. The limit has jumped. I think I think we're back up over ten thousand. So yeah, um, wow. I, I, I couldn't help but watch the last couple the last couple days of games and just just, just get just get get real get really excited for 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 what's to come because it's a it's it's a special scene and it's something we've we, we've gone without for 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 too long. Um, I wanted to, we talked a little bit about ESPN. I wanted to give a shout out to ESPN for hiring Leah Hextall, who she will be doing play-by-play for their national coverage. Um, I, like just a, a historic hire. I, I, you know, I worked with her a little bit in 2016 at the World Cup of Hockey. You, you know, you've seen her do the marathon college hockey games. Like just uh, completely earned. She's been she's been at it, I think seventeen years and gets this opportunity for ESPN. I, I got to say I was there was like twenty percent of me that was concerned ESPN was just going to roll back. We're going to be like, all right, we got the thing back and it's nineteen ninety four and hey Gary Thor to Barry Burroughs and and there's going to be some of that because we all like nostalgia. But uh, this was I thought this was a great first or not their first hire, but it's just a great hire for ESPN. It, it, it checks all the boxes, right? <clears throat> she's got it. Mm. She's, she's fantastic at her job. Uh, and it is, and, and it's, it's, it's important from, from a representation and, and, and diversity level mm-hmm. to, to, to have, to have a woman in, in, in that, in that role. It's, 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 it's fantastic. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing not to like about it. Yeah, it was like Ryan Miller was talking about something completely different. But when he was saying, hey, you know, when you see an American goalie it, it, as a kid growing up, you think, hey, I can be an American goalie. Mm-hmm. Or he saw his brother, you know, he saw relatives at Michigan State, you know, that, like that's – you see someone doing what you want to do, you can do it. And it, like like there's some things, uh, you know, when I got into the business, like there was some things that were just completely foreign to me. And I'm like, well, that's something I can't do. I've never – you know what I mean? And and I, I, like it's, it's, it's awesome. And even – you know, it's it's great. I I, I love that, and a huge shout out to ESPN. For it was doing that. it was it was very important to see for you to see uh, men from Michigan succeeding in in in, in the <laughs> hockey writing profession. It, yes, that's well. Like for me, it was I came from a family of teachers, so like everybody, my my parents, my brother, sister, like so like people on TV doing uh-huh. sports, or I would open up the newspaper and like, and I'm reading you know the Detroit News and Detroit Free Press, like that th- that was like another world. I'm like, well that. I don't do that stuff. Like nobody, you know, my family, we're teachers. And then, you know, you, then you go to school and maybe one of those people speaks speak to the class and you're like, hey, these are just normal people that are just decided to do this. Yeah, man. Um, I, and I, again, I, I'm not comparing it, believe me, but it's it's important. It is. It is. Like I, I, I come from a family of Teamsters, right? Like my, 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 my grandpa and my uncles delivered newspapers. They didn't actually write for them. So – it was it was a it was a it was a weird kind of adjustment for me to make too. Yeah. All, all 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 you can you, you just you, you can't overestimate the importance of, of of having of having people to 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 model yourself after. And I think I think I think Leah is just going to be such a such a great example of, of of that of that in in action here soon. Awesome. All right. Well, before we wrap up the first ever Tuesday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show, I do want to plug that another great American Don Waddell my first ever GM as a beat writer of the Atlanta Thrashers now of course the Carolina Hurricanes GM is going to join Scott Burnside and Pierre Lebrun on Wednesday's edition of the Athletic Hockey Show theirs is the two-man advantage um I'm also excited. This is sticking with oh the Oh my god. Long live long live the Southeast Division. <laughs> this is the Southeast this is heavy Southeast Division. 
My guest this week on The Full 60 is my old friend Erin Andrews, who I met when I was covering the Thrash, and she was working in the studio at Turner doing Braves and Thrashers coverage. This is the season finale of The Full 60, because we're going to be doing this, and I only have so many podcasts in me. But also, we're shutting it down to run back a, a, a revamped new narrative style full 60 for next year. We have, it's going to be unbelievable. Um, and it's going to take a long time to do all the interviews. It's, I, I can't wait for that, for you guys to see the plan for that. But Thursday's edition of the full 60 is the last one, the season finale for this year. And Aaron Andrews was, it was great to catch up with her. It was, um, we, we had a lot of laughs and it was, it was really cool to get her perspective um, of her career and also how much she still is involved in hockey. It was, she, she's great. And last thing, we, because you know we listen to your comments, you've, this is, this, the existence of this show is proof. You can leave a comment for this show and any athletic podcast on The Athletic app. And we always appreciate if you can rate and subscribe to The Athletic Hockey Show on Apple. Leave your review there, especially if it's good, because we do want your feedback. We want to know, um, maybe we need a, uh, maybe we need one more show. Actually, we've got one more show. We've got an idea for one that I, I want to tease a little bit for another day of the week. But leave your feedback. We appreciate it. We, we like it. We want to improve this uh, every day, and we can't do it without your input. So review on Apple. Uh, comment on the podcast or on the uh, on, on the app and if you're not a subscriber to the athletic if you go to the athletic.com slash hockey show you can get in for $3.99 a month uh can't beat that deal sean this was so much fun it's like riding a bike with you it's <laughs> like riding a two-man bike a, t- a, t- a tandem <laughs> a, t- a tandem bicycle with a with, with a little bell on the front yes that's exactly what this was like no this is this is great man it's it's gonna be it, it's gonna be a highlight of my week uh, moving, moving forward, I couldn't could, couldn't be happier than uh, couldn't couldn't be happier to do it than, than with you.